Today is Friday, June 30th, and welcome back to the Yankee Nation podcast. Uh, Just Ryan here flying solo this week because Ryan and I attempted to record on Thursday, and uh, the audio, uh, Brian's audio didn't save for some reason. So for that reason, I figured you guys wouldn't want to just listen to me talking to someone who doesn't exist. So uh, I'll be flying solo this week, and I will be... uh, I I remember some of Brian's points, so I'll bring them up as best as I can throughout the episode, but it'll be just me for now. Um, And, you know, I'll go through the usual injury updates. I'll go through the games from the last week uh, since we last recorded. And um, I'll uh, also talk about Domingo Herman's perfect game as well. So, um, yeah, with that said, let's get into the injury updates uh, the first one on the list is always going to be Aaron Judge until he comes back. We're going to do our weekly Judge update as always. So Judge has been participating in baseball activities uh, before the last two games um, when the Yankees were out in o- Oakland. They're out in uh, St. Louis now. It'll be interesting to see whether he uh, continues to do that before tonight's game in St. Louis. Um, yeah, so... Um, that is good news. Still no update on a timeline from Boone or anyone in the organization. Um, you know, it's an, it's a tough injury. Uh, I think there was a recent article by John Heyman on uh, uh, New York Post, and he, uh, he had a quote from Judge where he said, people compare it to, like, turf toe in the NFL, and um, it's not exactly like turf toe for him because it's more on the side of the toe, and it's more like a turf toe is like, under the under the nerve kind of or under the ligament or I forget the exact quote but it was it's just such a unique injury for him and I, I get not wanting to put a timeline on it because then if you're wrong then you know you're, you're gonna get criticized so um but regardless good sign for judge to be out on the field doing something um so next one the rest are the rest are kind of I mean that that's kind of a positive update regarding Judge, but still kind of the status quo. Like, hey, we're we're still trying to figure it out here. So, um, next one is a really good update. By the way, it's um, Carlos Rodon. He we've talked over the last couple of weeks. He's been getting closer. He started rehab assignment, and um, he's pitched in two games now. He pitched, uh, and he's scheduled to pitch in one more on Saturday. I am not sure if it's with Double A. Somerset or with AAA, um, but either way, that's going to be his last uh, rehab start. Um, he reached uh, forty-eight pitches in his last uh, last start, and uh, he actually uh, went to the bullpen and threw two more just to get to fifty, um, uh, according to Boone. And um, yeah, I, I assume it, Rodon's been chopping at the bit to come back, and you know, I I, I assume those two pitches he threw were heaters and. Uh, yeah, so, um, and, and reportedly the target date is uh, now July 7th. There was some speculation that, you know, he could be back for uh, one of the Orioles games next week. Um, but at, doesn't with him starting on Saturday in his last rehab start, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, pitch, the, uh, pitch, pitch count will probably be in the 60s, mid-60s this time around. And then when he makes his first start with MLB, um, at the MLB level, he'll probably be going up to 75 pitches and then he'll build up from there each start. 
uh, with the Yankees. So that's really good news. I, I mean, you look at, you know, the team, they had a pretty good week. You know, they had they won the series against the Mariners. They won the series against the Rangers when you didn't score as much as you as you thought you would have had to to win that series. And we'll get to those games later. Um, but, yeah, it, the the team is staying afloat right now. And um, you envision a team with getting Judge back, having Bader back, who I got a stat regarding Bader later as well. Um, yeah, with Judge Bader back, um, hopefully Rizzo and Stanton starting to come out of their slumps a little bit. Um, and uh, and then hopefully you get Rodon coming back and you pair that with Garrett Cole. And then maybe Severino puts it together. You get Cortez back. You hope one of those two put it together. And then may, who knows what the Yankees are going to do at the trade deadline. There are some pitchers available at the deadline most likely um, unknown whether the Yankees are going to be able to get one of them or if they're going to prioritize adding offense. Um, I could go either way at this point, just get some help for the team. I think, um, you know, if the most attainable package is a starting pitcher, then you got a three headed monster heading into the playoffs, hopefully. And if you upgrade the offense, then yeah, that's something that we need as well. So, um, yeah, just all, uh, all around good, vibes surrounding Rodon right now so you know he's talking about after his appearance he was like oh I I kind of had to dial it back and you know mix in the other pitches too because like he was he was amped and he's gonna have to do that again on Saturday he said and he expects when he gets on a major league mound that it'll be it'll tick up even like two three miles per hour more um and he'll have to dial back as well so it, it makes a lot of sense um and you know that's exciting because you know when the Yankees signed him, you thought you're getting you're gonna have two Cy Young caliber pitchers in your rotation, and uh, we might finally be getting that. So uh, it's exciting. Um, Ian Hamilton he returned to the team on Wednesday. Um, he was with the team on Tuesday. wasn't added to the roster until Wednesday. He didn't pitch on Wednesday, of course, because of Domingo Herman's perfect game. And he um, he did pitch in Thursday's blowout win, so that was a, that was nice for the Yankees to get a significant lead and you know get him a, a low le- low leverage appearance to ease him back in. Um, he was very good before he went on the IL, of course. So, and he uh, yeah he uh, hurt himself when he was relieving Herman getting pulled because of sticky stuff. So. Um, it kind of was an unfortunate injury for uh, him and the Yankees there. But um, those are all the injury updates I have. The the last uh, kind of pre-game recap topic that, you know, we, Brian and I discussed, we were pretty hard on Josh Donaldson in yesterday's recording. I'm not going to not gonna pull any punches there. Uh, we uh, It was funny because we were, we were ragging on him, and then while we were recording, we were recording. He hit his two-run home run in in Thursday's game, and we were like, uh, we were kind of joking. Now, before yesterday, the Yankees hadn't won a game that Donaldson had homered in before. Um, you know, he, he's up to I think eight home runs under the year now, and they finally won a game with him homering in it. So, you know, uh, 
it kind of still feels like his days days are numbered. He had that the 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 point that I have on this on the spreadsheet here is uh, uh the Donaldson Boone conversation that delayed Boone's press conference before Sunday's game. Um and you know Boone comes in he's like, "Yeah, we were talking baseball, sharing stories. It wasn't really that big of a deal. It wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal as you guys are making it out to me." I don't know, like you know, and Brian, this is I'm paraphrasing Brian here. This is, uh, you know, I don't know. He was, uh, he was out three straight games and then he was, he told the media as he's walking through the clubhouse that he doesn't have time to talk. And he goes to the manager's office and he delays his press conference. <laughs> so it kind of feels like it was a little, a big deal. Um, I, yeah, I think, uh, read into the actions more than the words when it comes to the Yankees with this type of thing. Um, think back to when Aaron Hicks um who is doing great with Baltimore but I I mean I don't think uh I think the change of scenery has to do with something there um they did change his swing reportedly as well but um yeah Donaldson I I mean I mean they had they sat Hicks a lot before they released him and then they with, with Donaldson they uh they sat him three days in a row against Texas you know they did sit DJ LeMahieu two games against the Mariners but with DJ's contract you can't release that um yeah I, I don't know I think I still think I think it's in play that the Yankees might release Donaldson at point some point in the future here um yeah and I think uh I I brought this up when we were recording yesterday I, I think you, you got to find out if you think Peraza can hold his own at third with the way that DJ is struggling as well as Donaldson. You got to figure out what he can do with the major league level um, as a third baseman, because, you know, even if he's a league average hitter, that's an upgrade. And then if you don't feel like he's ready, you, you, you DFA Donaldson and you make a trade for a third baseman if you can. Um, Candelario, I think is the, the nationals, third baseman I will check on that um I, I believe that I believe that is him but and he is on the trade block um Candelario yeah Jamer Candelario uh the, the Nationals third baseman having a good year would be a good fit for the Yankees and um I, I it would be someone I would sign up and to get um so it'll be interesting to see what the Yankees do over the le- next couple weeks with Donaldson um I don't think it's any decision is like very soon maybe over the next month or so um you know he hit the home run yesterday so I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna release him after that so um yeah I just think uh, I but overall I do think read into the actions more into the word more than the words you know Boone's comments there he's not gonna He's not going to criticize his own players in post-game press conferences. It's not the way the Yankees are. It's not the way they have been under his tenure. And it, to expect anything different is, um, it's you can't expect anything different. So that's the last point before we get into the game recaps. The first one we have is, um, since we recapped the first game of the Mariners series already on our last episode, um, we... Uh, you know, that that was a good win. And uh, game two was a good win as well. And this is something I mentioned uh, 
in yesterday's podcast, yesterday's recording that that died, <laughs> we uh, Brian and I both agreed that although the Yankees only scored on home runs off of, uh, I, I believe they they did score off of um, uh, Luis Castillo, so th- this was good for them to, uh, you know. They they had a decent amount of hits. That that's what it felt like. They only scored on home runs, but the the overall at bats felt better than they did in Boston and the series leading up to uh to the Mariners series. So, um, you know th- this game it was Jake Bowers who gets it started, who's been a really good play- player for the Yankees so far this year. Um, then Billy McKinney who stays hot with a home run. He hits one, uh, makes it three nothing, and there's Anthony Volpe. He um, he hits a home run. He's been really good as well, and we'll get to him later in the awards section. Um, a little bit of a teaser. Um, bottom of the eighth, it was a uh, home run by Dylan Moore of uh, uh, Mariners. I think he homered off of Wandy, who Wandy's been struggling um, for for a little while here, um, although with how good the Yankees bullpen has been, they've kind of been able to mask it. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I, this was a good win, you know, and something I want to give Boone credit for is, uh, the ninth inning King got into trouble. Um, I think it was, uh, it was, the score was four to one and it was, uh, uh, first two runners got on. It was first and second, nobody out. And Boone goes to Canely. Um, pulls King, sees he doesn't have it, and um, and Kainley got the job done. So good, good game, and a good win in Game Two of the series against the Mariners. And uh, Game Three, we get to Herman's disastrous start, second disastrous start in a row, and it's just funny knowing what happened when he went to Oakland. Um, the curveball was 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 unhittable when he was was in Oakland, and. Uh, Basically, every pitch he threw was hittable against uh, the Mariners here. He goes 3.1 innings, 8 earned runs, 10 earned, ten runs overall. Two of them were unearned. So um, sloppy defense in this one as well. I uh, I tuned out of this one after the first inning, and I turned on the NBA draft. That's what I uh, decided to do with my night. I was like, okay, Yankees won the series. You know, team is in. Uh, half the team's in the hospital, basically. So... Um, I signed up for the series win, um, and Brian said this yesterday as well. It, you know, you just, if they just keep winning series two to one, you'll take that. You know, so um, yeah, that does it for that series. Herman didn't have it. Um, IKF does pitch in this game, and then he hits a homer later as the pitcher. So IKF is a member of the pitchers who rake club. Um, just him and Otani, and uh, you know. IKF plays a bunch of a position, plays more positions than Otani. You could arguably, I'll make an argument he's more valuable, which is, uh, that's, obviously I'm being facetious, but that's a, uh, Brian and I had some good, good back and forth on that yesterday. Unfortunately, we, we couldn't save. Um, so then that brings me to the Rangers series. Um, game one was a heartbreaker. Um, Yankees, uh, offense can come through here. Um, Clark Schmidt, the Yankees were 0-6 in his last six starts uh, coming into the Oakland game yesterday, which, of course, he got the win on in, so that was good to see. Um, but he pitched well in this 
Texas game and um, gave the Yankees a chance to win. Offense couldn't come through. Um, they scored on a, uh, a McKinney ground out and a Higashioka sack fly in the eighth inning that tied it. And you felt like they could have probably gotten more in that eighth inning there. Um, and in this game, it goes to extras, and uh, King gives up the home run in uh, the tenth, um, which uh, that home run brings kind of brings it to the forefront that it's like, okay, King has kind of been struggling a little bit as of late. Um, so that was kind of disappointing to see. And then in the bottom of the tenth, I wasn't expecting the Yankees to pull the comeback here, but pinch hitting Donaldson for McKinney kind of feels a little crazy. I get it that it was a lefty, but uh, McKinney's been the better, one of the hottest hitters on the team. And, you know, they've been pinch hitting for Bowers as well, too, when there's been lefties. They clearly don't like him against lefties either. Um, so it might be telling about their approach come the trade deadline. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they approach that. But, yeah, this was a, a tough loss. And, you know, uh, heading into the weekend, you're fe- you're not feeling great, you know. It, it it's uh, Saturday Saturday's game. It was um, Severino who had been coming in struggling. He will pitch tonight in St. Louis. It'll be interesting to see how he does. So St. Louis's offense is not um, why they're struggling. Their their pitching has given them nothing this year. And um, by the way, their their bullpen's depleted because Adam Wainwright. It gave them no length last night. So this is a chance for the Yankees to pounce on uh, a, a Cardinals team that's kind of coming in limping here. Um, they pitch well. Yankees are going to have a chance to uh, have a good weekend, I, I believe. Um, hopefully it's better than last time the Yankees were in St. Louis. They uh, they got swept last time. Um, so Severino, he, got, he has a good start in this one. He... Uh, I think he gets into the sixth inning here. So uh, I'll, I'll pull up the bo- box score in the meantime, but um, it's funny. Um, McKinney provides the only run. It's like, you're going to pitch, you're going to pinch hit me. You're going to pinch hit for me. I'll hit a home run the next day. Um, yeah, it was, it was John Gray. They were facing uh, Severino pitching for the Yankees. He goes six. In- yeah, he goes six innings and, um, no earned runs, which obviously Yankees won one nothing. So very good to see. You go Canely out of the pen. He looked good. Peralta kind of got into some trouble there, um, and Holmes got out of it. And then they go to Marinaccio in the ninth, which was nerve-wracking. Um, but he did work through it. Uh, I think uh, two runners got on, got him, got the last guy to pop out to uh, – to end the game, which was much needed. Um, and then you go to Sunday, and it wasn't looking good either um, early on with the way Cole was looking. Um, he could not locate at all. His breaking stuff was just hanging over the middle. It was pretty fortunate that the Rangers didn't score more than three off of him, but he did battle, and he got, went four and two-thirds, gave up only three runs there, uh, given what he uh, had that day. That you you would sign up for that, you know. So Yankees fall down three nothing early in that game, and you uh, you you get a a DJ RBI double that gets him right back into it, which like Yankees need that from him. So 
that's a very good sign there. Um, and there's no scoring until the eighth inning when uh, Volpe kicks off, kickstarts a, a rally there. Um, the eighth inning, he gets on second, and then I, I believe it was, I forget who who reaches base after that, but it's first and second. Um, and uh, they pinch him. Pinch hit, uh, pinch run Oswaldo for whoever reaches after uh, Volpe there, and um, Harrison Bader comes through with a, a clutch hit that gives the Yankees the lead. And uh, not only that, not only not is it not nice. It's nice to have Bader back. He's like one of the biggest X factors on this team, and um, you're gonna see more on that later. Um, Giancarlo Stanton came up with an RBI RBI single as well to extend the lead. That was much needed um so uh, i'm pulling up the game logs here i'm trying to figure out who got on base before volpe uh, after volpe yeah so volpe hits the double trevino singles on a ground ball right so but volpe couldn't advance so first and second um yeah that rally was much needed and gave the yankees a win against this, uh, a very good team, one of the best teams in baseball right now, one of the best teams in the AL, one that they're going to have to compete with if they want to make a playoff uh, uh, run in the playoffs um, if they make it there. So um, it was a good sign. I, I mean, great performance from the pitching all weekend. Um, to hold that team to uh, – they scored four runs Friday, none on Saturday. And two of the runs on Friday were in extra innings. And then you score three runs on Sunday. So seven runs overall, two of those runs in an extra inning. Uh, you sign up for that every time against a lineup that good. So um, then, the, then there's a bunch of good vibes as the Yankees head into an off day on Monday. And um, game one of the Oakland series is one of the most frustrating games of the year. Uh, arguably the up there with the worst losses. Um, I'd probably put one of the Boston losses up there above that, but, um, yeah, this, this Tuesday night A's game was very frustrating. Um, Josh Donaldson was the only one to hit a, to score a run here. Uh, he hits a home run. Burrito provided enough that the Yankees should have been able to win. Um, and, uh, the Yankees just couldn't, um, there were some ugly at-bats from Stanton, Rizzo, and, just ugly at bats with runners in scoring position. The Yankees out hit the A's in this game and uh didn't come through when it counted. Um so disappointing start to a a road trip where you you know, there's talk about the schedule over the next month and without number ninety nine, it's gonna be a lot tougher to win these games. Um luckily the Yankees made it look a lot easier in games two and three. So a rough two one loss. Um, in the opener there. Um, and, you know, game two, of course, we all know what happens. I'm going to get the offense out of the way first. Um, and the Yankees, uh, they're facing J.P. Sears. And I said this on Thursday's recording as well, that it feels like when they face J.P. Sears, they faced him a couple of times since uh, trading him in the Montas deal. They, um, it, it feels like they... They get to him in the fourth or fifth inning, where they 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 don't really get to him the first time through in the first three innings. But when they when they see him after a little bit, they they, they get to him. 
and uh, Giancarlo got Giancarlo Stanton gets to him first with the uh, home run, and um, that that was in the fourth. That starts the scoring, and then the fifth was the big beginning. So I'll pull it up here. Um, the uh, the the scoring was on a uh, Higashioka double as well, as well. Higashioka had a double. It was Volpe played a part in this inning as well. Um, I'll, I'll I'm bringing up the scoring here just to make sure. Um, so Giancarlo home run, Higashioka RBI double, IKF scores on that one. Anthony Volpe bunts for a single. Uh, he gets to second on an error, then he steals third. And by the way, the the A's were the A's were blocking the bag in this series, and uh, that that's something that Jeff Nelson noted on the on the broadcast. Uh, and and Tuesday night's loss, there was a steal attempt that was the first time he was thrown out this year where. Guy was blocking the bag, and uh, that was probably the reason that he was out. Um, and Jeff Nelson went, you know, they won't like blocking the plate too much or blocking the bag too much if they got spikes coming at them. So, um, yeah, they Volpe didn't do that, and uh, the next night they tried to block the bag again, but he was too fast. He stole third, um, and. Uh, after that, it was DJ LeMahieu. He singles. It's a four nothing game. Giancarlo, another good sign. It's a two two run hit for him. It's six nothing. IKF hit a single as well. Makes it seven nothing. So it's a six run fifth for the Yankees. Donaldson out on a sack fly. It's the top of the seventh at that point. And then in the ninth, it's Harrison Bader, Josh Donaldson double. Uh, well, Bears. Bader was a fa- Bader's was a, f- a fearless choice, and then there was an IKF ground out as well. Makes it uh, ten to nothing. So, uh, or and or eleven to nothing. So, and then that in that inning, I just go for a course like, hey, like let's get Herman back. <laughs> Take some wild swings so you can get Herman back out there. Don't want it to be too long of a break for him. Um, yeah, I uh, didn't realize he had a perfect game going until like the sixth inning. And, um, yeah, Brian, Brian told me that he, you know, he was on the plane on Wednesday. That's why we're recording on, on, on Thursday in the first place. So, but he, uh, he was very tired and he woke up to the news, was happy to see Herman get it. Um, I was rooting for him to get it as well. Um, of course, you know, uh, the whole part of the Domingo Herman conversation revolves, uh, the domestic violence suspension is always going to be a part of it. Um, you know, I'm never going to be like a huge Domingo Herman fan because of that, but I have never watched a, a full perfect game through all the way through. The last one to do it was Felix Hernandez. Um, and he, uh, that was in 2012, I believe. And I watched the end of that game, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, uh, it was cool to watch a full, full perfect game all the way through um you know and he uh yeah it, it was it, it was very cool to, to see that um all you can hope for is that you know Herman has done what he can to uh you know become a better person since that incident in 2019 um so hope hoping for that as well and um you know hope hope that I think that's the perspective that most people should have um, regarding that and and him getting the spotlight because of this. So, um, 
Yeah, and it was very cool to see. It, it was all right. It was weird to see not have Michael K and John Sterling calling that game. Perfect game, first perfect game since twenty uh, nineteen nine nineteen ninety nine, and uh, Michael K and John Sterling are not calling it. But it's the Fordham Buddies. It's Ryan Rucco on Yes Network, and it's Justin Shackle on radio. Who Justin Shackle? I really enjoy on the radio filling in for Sterling who doesn't travel as much nowadays i really enjoy what he does and i really enjoy ruko as well so um kind of like the future generation potentially here of yankees play-by-play um broadcasting um and uh you know I, i'm not sure what how, ryan ruko does a ton he does wnba he does the nets on yes network and he does um he does call, women's college basketball he does you know he does it. He does it all. He does NBA as well. So, um, who knows what he would decide if he was offered the full Yes Network gig? Um, that would be an interesting, uh, interesting scenario. Um, but you know, Michael K is going to be around for a while now. So, um, yeah. And, and then there was. There's usually like that one play that saves it with a perfect game, no hitter, regardless what it is there's usually that one crazy play that saves it there really wasn't in this game but there was that really nice sliding stop by by Rizzo but it's a play you expect him to make most of the time so um but it was a nice play so credit to him there and then also in the ninth not a routine play on that ground ball to short uh Volpe either um so credit to him there and um yeah that kind of puts a wrap on this one um, it was really cool to see history there um, on Wednesday night. So then the last game of the series, the last game, we'll recap. We were recording in the middle of this game yesterday. The Yankees were down 3-1 to one when we were for the majority of our recording, um, but then it kind of turned around. So um, Clark kind of looked... Clark Schmidt kind of looked shaky early. That's why, the, I mean, Yankees were down 3-1 to one in the game. So... Um, it was a IKF home run as well that that uh, that that tied it at one at the time. So bringing up the scoring here, but the IKF home run was funny. It was a uh, center field. The center fielder at the wall. Leaps tries to rob it, and I thought it was robbed. Uh, I thought he had it. I um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the the but his glove came off. He lost his glove. It went over the wall, and then, you know. It was a home run for IKF. I'm not complaining about it. So tied at one. In the third, the A's scored twice. It was a Seth Brown single, and then there was a sack fly by uh, Carlos Perez. IKF gets another IBI in the fourth. It was um, a, a sack fly in which Harrison Bader scored. He would have been out in the throw, but the uh, catcher couldn't handle the throw. Um, then the top of the six is when the Yankees kind of... Um, they take the lead and then they they open it up. They score eight runs in the inning. It's uh, Josh Donaldson. He hits a home run that that was four seventy two feet. That one was a bomb. And uh, this was right after we we were criticizing him on the recording yesterday. So as I said, you know he resp- he might have hurt us. So um, none of you are gonna hear that recording, but maybe he did. Um, Glaber Torres, he hits a two-run single. That makes it six to three. Of course, it was three to two when John Donaldson hit the home run, put the Yankees ahead four three. 
two-run single from Torres makes it six to three. Um, Giancarlo Stanton hits a double the opposite way, which is really a really good sign. Um, he had a really sharp. It was like a line drive, classic Stanton double, you know. So um, that it's eight to three at that point. It's and then there's a Harrison Bader single, and then an IKF single makes it ten to three. Um, there's a Brent Rooker single in uh, the bottom of the eighth with uh makes it eight to four so and that's the way that one ended i'll pull up the pictures here um this is when uh this is when ian hamilton makes his uh return here the yankees use schmidt for 5.1 innings five and a third um and then it's marinaccio for two outs and then you go to ian hamilton for an inning he gives up one hit but no runs um nick ramirez comes in he gives up a run, the run, and then Albert Abreu finishes it off. So, uh, good three series in a row for the Yankees. So, very, very good. Uh, I'm very content with their performance since a disastrous weekend in Boston. So, um, really, uh, really hoping that continues in the in the near future because you know, Yankees have. I mean, St. Louis is a dangerous lineup with uh, like Arenado and Goldschmidt, but the uh, you know, the comp- they're not a good team overall. They're like 13 games under 500. And um, outside of Baltimore coming into town, you got opponents that you should handle business against with the Cubs and and teams like that coming in, into uh, the Bronx or whether you're traveling. So there's a stat I want to get to regarding Harrison Bader. I've been alluding to it. Um, this is credit to Brian Hoke. Uh, by the way, uh, on Twitter, tweeted it out. Um, this season, the Yankees are twenty nine or twenty four and nine with Harrison Bader in the lineup this season. So there's a lot of talk about how much better the Yankees are without Aaron, with Aaron Judge and how bad they are without with him out of the lineup. But Harrison Bader being in the lineup helps a lot too. So he's like probably the biggest X factor offensively outside of Aaron Judge, in in my opinion, right now. Um, and of course, he gave, he brings the, the the defense, and you saw how bad the defense it was in the outfield when he was out. So, um, very uh, very good to have him back, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt again. Um, so, look ahead. Yankees are uh, in St. Louis this weekend. Pitching map matchups in their favor for the first two games. Um, you know they have Severino going tonight and Cole going tomorrow. I think it'll be um, uh, the guy. Who's the guy who came up? Not Burrito, but the guy who pitched against the Padres. Um, and I will uh, get back to you on that. But um, uh, yeah. So, but either way, pitcher pitchers matchups are in their favor, um, and it'll be uh, interesting to see if the Yankees could uh, take advantage of that. Randy Vasquez will be the Sunday pitcher against Jordan Montgomery, by the way. That's so um and then it'll be the Orioles in the Bronx with her big series. Um Yankees can kind of make up some ground some ground there. They aren't too far back of the Orioles. Um Yankees are kinda of in that group with teams like the Astros, Blue Jays, Angels, and um you know, the Red Sox are kinda of distant there, but you know, they're in it. Um but that wild card race with a bunch of teams. That's uh that's that's what that's the uh, the grouping of teams that the Yankees are kinda in right now. Yankees haven't fallen out 
of a wild card spot since uh you know Aaron Judge went went down but uh uh they're clinging to it they're like a half game ahead so um every game counts so um then you got the Cubs coming to the Bronx it'll be uh hopefully Carlos Rodon's debut that weekend um I, I think July 7th would be the Friday night game so that would be exciting um and ho- hopefully his rehab sta- rehab game goes well on Saturday, and then we'll see Rodon's debut. Um, and we got the standings. Division records, Rays 56 and 28. They had that little spell of not playing as well in the middle of the season, but they're back to being, you know, they're running away. Um, Orioles are 48 and 31. Yankees 45 and 36. They're like four and a half back or so. And um, the Yankees are at 40, yeah, 45 and 36, nine games over 500. So I think that's an improvement from, from last week where they were. Um, Blue Jays are half game back, 45 and 37, as mentioned before. Um, and then the Red Sox, they got swept by um, the Marlins. They they went, they're 40 and 42 now. Um so that's where the the standings are right now. Um tight tight wild card race especially. So um but with the guys the Yankees have have coming back as I mentioned at the top I think you're really going to see the best version of this team in the second half. Um you know that's obviously if all go all goes according to plan which doesn't always happen. Um and we we learned that last year with the the guys the Yankees acquired and guys that got hurt and it doesn't always go to plan but I think there's a a high potential for this team in the second half with the guys they can get back um you know one of those guys right around the corner apparently so um now we'll get to awards and I I do have Brian's awards here uh written down and uh I'll start with the Yankee of the week let's start with uh with Brian's choice here, he went with Anthony Volpe, who's been really good since the chicken parm adjustment, basically, since uh, Austin Wells told him staying with a close stance. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's been really good. I felt even initially when he made that change, it was like he might not get a hit, but he was going up there with a chance, and that did not feel like what he had earlier. Uh, when, before he had that uh, change, made that change, he's been really good, um, and hopefully this is his breakout. So um, that's Brian's Yankee of the Week. My Yankee of the Week, despite his poor start against the Mariners, it's Domingo Herman. You can't not pick against him when you when you throw a perfect game here. So obvious pick. Uh, obviously, one of us were gonna get him, and he uh, he t- he teed me up perfectly there um you know per, through a perfect lob pass whatever an- analogy you want to use he uh set me up so let me he let me have uh Herman this week um and then the Yankee hopefuls um two of these guys are like they gotta be big and both of these guys we picked so they gotta be big roles in this team while judges out um and uh Brian's Yan- Yankee hopeful is uh Giancarlo Stanton, who I, I, he had a good game on Wednesday, and then he had another game, good game on Thursday, so even more hopeful than we were yesterday, probably, regarding him. 
Um, but regardless, that's John, that's uh, Brian's choice this week. He um, made a uh, he he's a big part of this team, and you know, obviously, people brought up the contract. People have been saying, "Oh, we we shouldn't have traded for him," but you know, like, and I said this in yesterday's recording as well. But like, he's an MVP. When the Yankees traded for him, they were one game away from a World Series appearance. They were ready to win. They uh, they had the opportunity to get the National League MVP for Starlin Castro, basically, and that was it. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm doing that trade every time. Uh, and also, I, I mean, the, the Marlins are retaining money. The Yankees are on the bill for $22 million a year every year of his contract. Um, so it's not t- the $29 million that would have counted against the luxury tax pay- payroll um, if the Marlins didn't pick up any money. So, yeah, it was just an opportunity that you had to take at the time, knowing that you were ready to win. And put, some people will say it was redundant with with Judge. But, you know, who people also wanted, who was also an outfielder, and I know he was a lefty, but was it was a free agent, um, Bryce Harper. I would have I loved Bryce Harper to be a Yankee, even with Stanton. But um, when, you're, when you're winning, when you're a team that's on the cusp of winning a World Series, like we believed the Yankees to be going into 2018, you take that you take that chance every time. Uh, I'll I'll t- I'll roll those dice every time. So, Yankee hopeful for Brian is Giancarlo Stanton, and my Yankee hopeful is the other guy. Where if you said who are the two guys that need to step up most when with uh, in, in Aaron Judge's absence, um, one of those Giancarlo. And the other is Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo has not homered since May 20th, I believe. And as Brian said on yesterday's recording, that doesn't exist. It all started with Tatis uh, coming in and them coming together at first base. Um, and uh, his struggle starts, started since then. So I'm, not so, I'm not sure if that's causing it still. I think he, Rizzo's a streaky hitter at this point in his career. He's not peak Anthony Rizzo MVP caliber player like he was with Chicago but um still expected to be one of the better bats in this lineup and I still think overall when you look at the end of the season he's gonna have good numbers um had a really good start to the season but um hasn't it's been one of the worst slumps of his career arguably the worst of his career over the last month or so so need Anthony Rizzo to get to get out of this slump here so that's my Yankee Yankee hopeful. Um, tell you what, if you get those two guys rolling, the Yankees are going to be fine. That's, uh, you know, even if Aaron Judge is out till August, if those guys are playing well, those those two guys, they're, the Yankees are going to be fine. Um, and then we have Brian's history. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Brian cannot be here to uh, to say these moments this week. So. But it was fun. Uh, of course, the Brian Brian brought up two of the perfect games in Yankee history, um, which uh, uh, happened in back to back years. Um, you know these are these weren't on the same date. Obviously, there were one was in May, one was in July. Um, but 
with Herman pitching a perfect game, this is a good time to bring up them, those games. Um, May 17th, 1998, a hungover David Wells pitches a perfect game against the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, yeah, he had probably three hours of sleep. And uh, I think uh, that's part of Boomer's legacy. He, uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he was no he was known for performing when he uh he was all over like that so um yeah and then of course the next year one of his better one of his good friends david Cohn, pitches a perfect game i believe on old timers day with yogi and uh don larson in attendance six nothing game over the montreal expos uh david Cohn pitches the third perfect game in yankees history and uh he yeah, of course, the first one with Don, was Don Larson way back. Um, and then a, a history moment, I believe, from, from yesterday. Um, it doesn't, not perfect game related, but 1941, uh, Joe DiMaggio breaks the American League consecutive, consecutive game hitting streak. And uh, it was four, 41 games by George Sisler at the time. And, of course... DiMaggio went on to hit for 56 games straight, which is still the record, and will probably be the record for the rest of my life, knowing uh, the way modern baseball works. So that kind of puts a bow in this episode. Um, you know, I, I, it's a shame we lost yesterday's recording because it was a pretty entertaining one. We had some some goofy stuff with uh, some snoring going on in the background, and uh, we had some good jokes. Um but unfortunately we lost the recording so but this will have to be the next best thing and uh we'll be back the ryan and ryan duo will be back on wednesday um beginning of july getting toward trade deadline talk we're probably gonna have to do our usual trade deadline target episode um it'll be be an interesting one this year um yankees are right up against that last luxury tax threshold it'll be interesting to see if they can make some trades and if cashman has to do it where he gets the teams to retain money or not but either way um i still believe this this yankee team get some guys healthy and they can make a run look at i mean just look at the phillies last year that team was flawed you can make a run in october let's let's get in the playoffs and see what happens this year but that's where i'll end this episode um thank you for listening Tune back in on Wednesday, and let's go Yankees.